Hey guys, I uh, wanted to give you a little uh, update here. Um, this episode is about the movie Solo. It's a Star Wars story, uh, but there are many, many spoilers ahead. So if you don't want the movie Solo to be spoiled, uh, you need to hit pause on this, go watch that movie in a theater near you, uh, and uh, definitely make that happen. Uh, the other thing, you've got time left to get in on our drawing, our May, our uh, gift cards in May, the horrible movie drawing. Uh, we're really just looking at if you are a patron on our Patreon, that's patreon.com slash studiodna. Even as little as a three dollar uh, person, uh, three dollar uh, uh, contributor, uh, I'm going to have you in that drawing. Twenty five dollar uh, gift card coming your way. Uh, you know, after the drawing, obviously not everybody. But without further ado, go check that out. Uh, last episode to kind of get in on that drawing. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you want to send me some uh, awesome emails, Jack at the Horrible Movie Podcast com. Also, check us out on Twitter at One Horrible Movie and on Facebook, The Horrible Movie Podcast. Here we are, talking solo. Uh, yeah, me and uh, my beautiful bride, Amanda. Uh, and it's in a car. It's the only podcast you're going to hear this week in a car, uh, driving to the beach. Uh, and so it's a mobile podcast. It's kind of like Interstate of Mind, the other podcast I do with Scott Bryant, uh, where we talk about our commute to work. Uh, so check it out. Hope you like it. If you don't, uh, let me know about it. Uh, that email I just sent you and uh, just talked to you. Hope you're doing great. We'll see you soon. Uh, solo and spoilers ahead. So turn away if you don't want them. See you in a sec. Here we go. Uh, bye-bye. Welcome to the Horrible Movie Podcast, a studio DNA podcast. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at thehorriblemoviepodcast.com. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. You can become a patron of our show and the Studio DNA Network by going to patreon.com slash studio DNA to find out more. Now, here's the show. Well, greetings and welcome to a very special, a horrible movie podcast. Uh, this is our vacation edition. Uh, I say that because we are currently driving south uh, on it was this I twenty two to the beach. Uh, we're going to the beach, uh, Florida. Uh, impending uh, storms coming in too. Great choices. It's a Hurricane Alberto. We are uh, headed south. Uh, we're going to a, a camp uh, that we're working at. Uh, they have not called off the camp, so we're going to keep driving south, uh, maybe to our impending doom. There's a shot. There is a shot. Uh, along for the ride, my wife Amanda. Amanda, um, how you doing? I'm doing good. I just fueled up with a Snickers almond. And not only did I eat one, but it was in a duo package. So I ate both of them. <laughs> And I've only really ate both of them to ensure that I had enough sugar in me to stay awake while I drive. 
That's true. Uh, just for so you guys know, whenever you know on the other podcast we do that I do with Scott Bryant, uh, the uh, Interstate of Mind. It's not the Interstate, but just Interstate of Mind. Uh, it's our commute to work podcast, uh, and we drive down the highway and we do this. So if you enjoy a little bit of road noise in the background and the sound of a horn honking, uh, hawk sightings, uh, other great things from the interstate, you'll love Interstate of Mind. But today on the Horn Moon Podcast, you're going to get a very special edition from the Highway Our Vacation episode. We're driving south, uh, but what's very important. Uh, is we're going to be talking about the movie Solo. Uh, I'm going to play, here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, just play a regular episode here. I'm going to do this movie like we're doing a movie on the Horrible Movie Podcast. I'm not going to tell you whether I think it's horrible until the very end. And we're just going to power through it and see what it looks like. Um, But before we get into that, uh, let's talk about Star Wars in general. I was on uh, Sif Pop uh, this past week with Aaron Dicer and Andrew Ornsby. Uh, great podcast, also part of the Studio DNA Network. And uh, we talked extensively about Solo. So if you really want to hear about Solo uh, in spoiler free edition, um, post after you hear this spoiler edition, go over to Sif Pop. They also have a spoiler edition too where uh, two other people, Aaron Dicer and Andrew Ornsby, talk extensively with me about Solo and about Star Wars uh, as a whole. Uh, with that said, uh, Amanda, you like Star Wars? I'm just saying in general, Star Wars, the Star Wars universe. I like Star Wars. I'm not like a diehard Star Wars fan. I just enjoy the movies like I would enjoy other movies. Okay. Um, now, what was your first... Uh, the first time you ever really had any um, uh, run, in, run in with Star Wars in your life. Do you remember? I just remember being little and watching the like the first three movies. A New Hope. What's the second one? Mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back. And what's the third one? Hold on. Let me, give me a second. It has Ewoks. I know it has Ewoks. A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. And then of the Jedi. Great job. Circle gets <laughs> circle gets a square. All right. Um, so we uh, set the basis for that. So you have some background, and you've seen all the Star Wars movies. I've seen all the Star Wars movies multiple times. Phantom Menace. Uh, okay, that's got Jar Jar Binks in it and Baby Anakin. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that's not. And good. Pod Racing. You've seen that though. Oh yeah, I've seen it. I saw that in the movie theater when it came out. And I, um, I just was, I think I tilted my head in question the whole time. Like an Ewok, like in question to its head. Like you're wondering what, what these people are saying um, on the moon of Endor. Uh, so then you've seen all those. You've seen Rogue One. Yes, loved it. Uh, you've seen um, the others as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Force Awakens. Yeah. Did you have any expectations for Solo going into it? No, I keep my expectations low and my gratitude high. I like that. Uh, and that sounds like when you say that, people you'll say that to people and they'll be like, that's kind of shooting the bar low. That's kind of that's kind of keeping your expectations so low that it's kind of sad. But that's not really what she's after, folks. She's basically saying, you know, if I don't anticipate uh, something just to be, blow my mind, uh, then when it does kind of blow my mind or if it's better than I expected it to be, 
then I'll be excited about it. Um, really, what we're going to talk about today is the movie Solo. Uh, so let's do this uh, as we drive south again on the interstate. Let's give a honk out. Shout out to the no, working man. Uh, just shouting it out, giving a honk out to people. People think we're honking at them. Yeah, so it's not the case. No, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, with, without further ado, it is time. It's time uh, for some deets. The details of the movie Solo. Uh, directed by Lil Opie. Directed by Richie Cunningham. Directed by Ron Howard. Uh, the narrator from Arrested Development. Uh, produced by Kathleen Kennedy, uh, Allison Shermier, and Simon Emanuel. Uh, Emanuel! Sorry. Uh, written by Jonathan Kasdan and Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, based on George Lucas's awesome characters, uh, in particular in this one, Han Solo. Or Han Solo, as Lando Calrissian, or Londo Calrissian would say. Uh, starring Alden Ehrenreich. I always get that wrong. Alden Ehrenreich. I thought he did a pretty good job as uh, Han Solo. Your thoughts? Um, yeah, I thought he did a great job as Han Solo. Uh, okay. Uh, Woody Harrelson as Beckett. Is that supposed to say more about it? Uh, no, you're good. Woody Harrelson as Beckett. Uh, Amelia Clark. Now, you've seen her in something else, Amanda. What have you seen her Amelia Clark in? Uh, that movie, Me Before You. What? What's the other thing you've seen her in? Um... Oh, a little show called Game of Thrones. Yeah, a very unknown show called Game of Thrones. I thought for a second you were just sandbagging, and then you're like, oh, no pun intended with a hurricane impending, sandbagging. But, um, yeah, so there you go. Also, uh, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. I thought he did a great job. May I say something here? I feel like, for me, he was excellent. He did a great job, didn't he? He did a, you did a good job. He did a good job. Here's a cookie. Um Sandy Newton, also from the the TV show Westworld, uh, and she plays does a great job as Beckett's wife. Um, she does meet an untimely demise. I won't get into that quite yet. Uh, and then uh, let's see who else. Uh, Paul Bettany makes a great appearance, and John Farver plays a character. You know which character John Farver played? Favre. Yeah. Favreau. I always say this wrong. I said this wrong on uh, the on Sif Pop the other day too. Favreau. Who is he? He's um, that one character that's with Woody Harrelson and Sandy uh, Newton. His name is Rio, and he's flying so he's flying Woody Harrelson's ship. Anyway, he plays this character named Rio that has yeah, he's the pilot of the ship that Woody Harrelson is on. And I liked him. He can't speak. Yeah, I like okay. him. He's a good character. Um, so yeah, there you go. Music by John Powell and Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> music by John Powell and John Williams. That's actually the only John Williams, though, is actually the Han Solo theme from the original Star Wars. Um, I thought the editing was kind of meh on this one. A little bit. Cinematography was great. I'm going to give a shout-out to Bradford Young. Uh, Bradford Young, if you listen to this, I thought you did a phenomenal job on your cinematography. Used real sets. Used real pieces. It was awesome. Overall, stinking great. Um the cinematography of it uh release date may 10th uh 2018 that was at the uh that was in la that was the la premiere uh, and then may 25th for the rest of the u.s proper um a 135 minute running time did it feel like 135 minutes to you it did not feel like 135 minutes to me 
I was uh, pleased by the length of it. Uh, we did see it at the uh, AMC there in Springfield, Missouri. And uh, I felt like we were in that theater for an hour and 20 minutes before the show started. We got there about 20 minutes early. Uh, we sat through, uh, you gotta be careful. Uh, we sat through um, a bunch of commercials and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, anyway, it was weird. It was weird. Um, budget, $250 million. As of recording time here, uh, roughly six, five days, four days after its release. Um, box office, $148 million. Well, now it's time for the greatest segment on the open roads. The interstate is filled with legends of great, great audio segments. And this one is the greatest, Top of the Mountain. The cream of the, cream of the crop. And um, it's called 30 Second Synopsis. Um, I am uh, going down the highway here. Uh, I'm in the passenger seat and my wife is driving. I don't know if um, anyone is capable of driving a car and doing 30 second synopsis safely. So I have volunteered to do 30 second synopsis because. Thank you. My heart is already racing thinking about not being able to meet the standard of 30 second synopsis. So thank you. That way I don't stroke out and have a wreck and us all die in a fiery car crash. Right, because our impending doom is actually this hurricane, and we wouldn't want to pass away before we got to the hurricane. Right, because that is how we're going out. <laughs> <laughs> She's exactly right. All right, so uh, here we go. 30 seconds synopsis. Let me go ahead and set the timer for myself. Let me set the official 30 seconds synopsis app clock, now available for download in the app store. Um, that's a, actually in the uh, Mongolian app store. It's not a actual internet app store you'll have to go to the mongolian internet uh to find to find out more uh, about the 30 second the 30 second synopsis app um you can 30 synopsis 30 second synopsis anything here we go 30 seconds synopsis solo me riding so not solo but me going down the highway solo go okay so han solo uh we meet we meet him on Corellia, his home planet he meets uh, the uh, queen of the dragons. Uh, they are fall falling in love. They get separated. He ends up in the Imperial Army. He has an adventure with this guy named Beckett. They steal some stuff. They have to steal some nuclear power type stuff. They double cross Paul Bettany. Uh, and then in the end, they get double crossed by Beckett. But then he shoots Beckett. And the uh, Denise, what's her name? Khaleesi uh, flies away flies away Kira is her name and Chewbacca he rescues Chewbacca from a pit I failed there we go 30 seconds enough uh, all right so without further ado let's do this uh, Mandy Mandy um, mother of dragons, I just mother of dragons. Um, Amelia Clark let's talk about the plot of this bad boy bad boy, bad boy. you know um, as part of the Star Wars franchise they're gonna do more of these allegedly there's a Boba Fett movie uh, allegedly, there's another Ryan Johnson trilogy that he's going to do. What's that mean? Ryan I don't know. Ryan Johnson's the guy that directed uh, The Last Jedi. And he's going to have his own trilogy of movies. It's still kind of hush-hush. About what? No one knows. It's hush-hush. Oh. It's the hush-hush. Hashtag hush-hush. 
Um, that's our new suspense thriller uh, coming to NBC this fall. Hashtag hush hush. It's a Twitter based. Uh, never mind. All right. So solo. Uh, set in the Star Wars galaxy, a place we know and love. A galaxy long ago, far, far away. Um, we meet him on Corellia. It's kind of a junker planet. It's really kind of where ships are built. Uh, in another podcast I was on, I was described as the Detroit of, uh, of, the, of the galaxy. It makes the ships. He is kind of a lower class dude. He uh, is a smuggler type character, a rogue that works for this person named Lady Proxima. So Lady Proxima is this big worm. What did you think of the big worm? She was real gross. My expectations were for Lady Proxima to be a lady of some sort, but then like she pops out of the water and she's this gigantic gross worm. Yeah, I think they wanted to, have another kind of job of the hut character type thing and lady proxima fits that role um you know kind of weird a subterranean creature that's allergic to the sun how about that yeah she like was you know and on fire she's like a vampire worm yeah so weird um so solo um is supposed to be doing some smuggling for her uh he in turn uh, he and Kira, who's his girlfriend, Lady Love, uh, Amelia, played by Amelia Clark, um, they um, find try to find um, a way off of Corellia. It's a horrible place. They are part of uh, basically a, I don't want to say a slave class, but like a servant class type thing where they don't have their own freedoms. Uh, he ends up uh, getting separated from her in the big chase scene. He ends up enlisting in the galactic you know empire this is set in the time before a new hope so it's set before vader uh boards um it's actually several years before vader boards princess leia's uh ship in the beginning of new hope uh and it's after the revenge of the sith movie where darth vader is created so vader does at this time would technically live in this universe he's in we just don't have a real good we're not going to probably see vader in a solo in the second solo movie Darth don't go there yet we're not going there yet My bad. we're saving that to later um <laughs> uh funny your reaction was really funny um wish people could have seen that uh so he does in fact get off of corellia he boards uh this ship and heads out into the galaxy and then but except uh he wants to be uh, join the imperial navy which is you know to be a pilot because they don't really have boats they have air navy so uh three years later he's a grunt on the ground he's not even a pilot and he apparently has been kicked out of flight school i am a little bit miffed and I think they missed out in this movie by not showing you flight school. Wouldn't that have been fun to see Han Solo in flight school and then have some adventure there if they're really going to expand this universe? But I guess they wanted to get to more of the smuggling. Your thoughts on no flight school? Um, I mean, He is the best pilot in the galaxy. I mean, that's his thing, right? Is that he's the best pilot in the galaxy. Well, but 
I mean, you would have just probably had a montage of him being in flight school <laughs> and then him getting kicked out, like constantly getting in trouble for something. So maybe they were just like, that's just not as important and we don't have the time. Yeah, but, yeah, but, um, yeah, but, um, so he, um, yeah, I, I can understand that. I can understand that. I just, as a Star Wars fan, there could have been some deleted maybe there will be. Maybe they could have met uh, Admiral Akbar there the first time or something. Um, anyway, he is on this mud planet. I don't know that we're given a name to this mud planet, but he um, ends up running afoul with his commanding officer. But behind the scenes, there's another commanding officer that he finds figures out it's not actually even a commanding officer. It's a guy named Beckett, and he is just there to steal a ship. His wife, uh, who's Maeve from uh, Westworld, uh, Tan Thandy? Thandy. Thandy Newton. Newton is there with him. Uh, and then there's another officer character we find out later is this Rio character with four arms. That he's dressed up as a uh, character, which I thought was kind of fun. Um, dressed up as a regular officer. He ends up getting thrown in the brig. Or no, no, in this, he gets in trouble as a deserter or a treasonous person. And they throw him in this pit to be eaten by this monster. Who turns out to be the monster? Amanda. Ready for spoilers? Here we go. Chewbacca. Chewbacca is in the pit. And uh, they throw people into the pit that are deserters, bad people, whatever. And uh, he kills them. Because they haven't fed him in like four days. So he's really hungry. So he um, can speak some Wookiee. Did you think that scene was ridiculous? No, I didn't actually think it was ridiculous. Did you think him just dropping in and, and being able to speak some Wookiee was dumb? Uh, I mean, like, you don't have any background for it, but I didn't think it was necessarily dumb. Okay. Did, did you think it was I, dumb? I, I thought the Wookiee talking was kind of weird. Um, Chewbacca has proven that he can understand whatever dialect they're speaking. But maybe that was his way to earn trust with Chewbacca. And that may be it, too. He scratched him behind the ears a little bit, pulls a thorn out of his paw. Now he's friends with the lion. I, I understand that. Yeah. So, um, they break out of the pit. Uh, they end up getting on board of Beckett's ship that he steals. I thought that was good. You had to know that was going to happen, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so, they get on the ship. Their job is to steal off this train. Did you like the train scene? Did you like the train scene? Um, yeah, I liked the train scene. I thought the train scene was fun and exciting and like you had to have i feel like for this movie a scene like the train scene that shows han solo's capabilities did you get uh the illusion in this movie that it is like a western did you have that feel ever like a, a like a, a galactic western when they were on their heist i did the train scene made me feel that way um I liked that aspect of it, and I feel like they could have played that up a little bit more even in this movie. Anyway, they go on the train heist, and they're uh, heisting away, uh, but then they have some they have some other people. What's uh, What was the guy's name? Uh, the, 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 I don't, the Spoiler alert. There's this bounty hunter-looking person that uh, Voss. No, not Voss is Paul Bettany. Spoiler alert. Um, not Crimson Dawn. Not Voss. I'm oh, Enfys Nest is the leader, uh, the Cloud Raiders, um, and 
Yeah, they're pirates. And and they uh, try to uh, steal a shipment of, they're trying to steal this coaxium, which is basically like radiation, like, like uh, uh, what am I thinking of? It's like a hyperfuel type thing, and it's really like, um, oh, plutonium, kind of. You know, where it's like a source of fuel, big time, but a very volatile. Uh, they end up having to ditch. Uh, they, they steal from the train, which is an imperial train and a mining colony. Uh, they end up stealing from off the train, and but the cords get ca- uh, the cables get cut on their uh, on the car, and they end up having to drop it or die and then it blows up the side of a mountain i thought that looked really cool did you like how it looked i liked how it looked yes i thought it was uh a very fun uh scene the whole thing the whole train thing maybe my favorite part of the whole movie honestly really yeah the train stuff was awesome oh i didn't know that that was your favorite part of the movie very exciting uh there were stakes there were stakes in it s-t-a-k-e-s's not S-T-E-A-K-S's. Stakes. Are we giving spoiler? Is this... We are giving spoilers. Oh, yeah, spoiler right. It. Okay, so here's what... Here's what you like, but you don't... Here's what I liked, but I don't like about scenes like that. I like it when the filmmakers go there and they... And they basically kill someone off. But then I'm like, why... You know, like you... It's like this double-edged sword. Like, you want them to live, but then they die so it makes it more powerful so Beckett's wife's character what was her name babe uh, no 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 that's Westworld Sandy uh, yeah what was her name no, Meg I'm gonna find it keep talking Meg Mal something that's Descendants too. anyway anyway she she sacrifices herself at the very end of the train scene but it's a necessary sacrifice and I like it when I like it when they do that. Look, Jack, sweet home Alabama. Uh, we are in Alabama. I got it. Okay. Um, so, all right, rights reserved. Can't sing that song. Uh, we don't have the rights. Uh, Leonard Skinner. Okay. Um, so they um, do not escape. She dies. They don't get the thing. That now they've got to answer to their actual boss. We find out uh, is uh, Voss, and uh, Voss is played by Paul Bettany. Who also plays Vision, by the way, um, and so he—they um, have to answer to him. We find out that who works for Voss, but uh, Kira, Han's old lady love from Corellia. They um, end up having a brief uh, chit chat, and we find out that um, now they've got to do something to make up for it, or he is going to, or Voss is going to kill them. They find some unrefined uh, coaxium. Uh, they have to go through the Kessel, uh, basically do the Kessel Run. Have you ever heard of the Kessel Run before this scene? No, I had not, and I still have questions about it. Okay, so in Star Wars lore, the Kessel Run, uh, Han Solo is always bragging, and everyone's always bragging about the Millennium Falcon as being the ship that did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. Okay, the old record was like over twenty. No one's ever done it in under twenty. Well, he's always bragging. He has done the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs. Um, I thought when they went to this planet that was the other, another mining colony where they're getting the coaxium, that they 
Um, okay, you're going to have this big scene. It's going to be this chase scene. There's going to be others maybe doing the Kessel Run. I thought it maybe was a race. I always thought, what is this thing? The Kessel Run is literally just getting it from that place to a to another place, uh, getting the coaxia to another place to be refined. And it's never been done in less time. Well, they did it because they went through this uh, spatial anomaly. And that's how I spit out. That's how literally, I, as anticlimactic as what I just described is, folks, that's how anticlimactic this scene was. Uh, the Kessel Run. Solo has been, it's been built up in Han's life for the Kessel Run to be this big deal. I mean, it literally, you know, I mean, it's kind of weird. Anyway, I digress. They make it to this uh, little, they, they go get the coaxia. They uh, see this big space creature thing that's inside of this spatial anomaly, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. They end up getting spit out the other side of it. Um, Han and uh, his girl, his lady love, Kiera, have a have a, a little bit of romantic stuff, even though this is Paul Bettany's lady. This is Voss's lady, and there will be heck to pay uh, if he double-crosses Voss here. Long story short, they get it to this... Uh, this little colony refining station thing and before it explodes because unrefined coaxia is very very volatile uh your thoughts on all those all that scene beckett's character anything else um beckett is woody harrelson by the way okay um when they were going through the my like the whole that's like space vortex thing that they went through the but I still don't really understand what the Kessel Run is. Like, is the Kessel Run the act of getting from one that one place to the other place? Or That's, is the Kessel Run an actual, like, run in space? All signs point it to just being getting, uh, getting the coaxia from one place to another. And it it really is kind of nebulous, kind of what ends up happening. That's why, that's why it's very disappointing. It's the first tagline... When we meet Han Solo in A New Hope, that's the first thing he says, Kid, I did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. This ship is the fastest ship in the galaxy. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, is exactly right. So, long story short, I said that four times. Uh, they make it. Uh, Voss shows up. They double-cross him, trying to help. Who fi We find out that, uh, that Ness, uh, that uh, Emphis Ness, is actually... The leader of a rebellion. What? Yes. Her mom before her, or dad or whoever was before her, was the uh, leader of this rebellion. Uh, turns out, we, we think this is planting the seeds for the for the Galactic Rebellion. And so, uh, Han Solo double-crosses Beckett, who double-crossed him, to get the coaxia to her, so she can make money off of it to, to help the rebellion get its start. So Han Solo, um, who of the rebellion. helped with the rebellion, but he has a chance to join the rebellion, uh, but he, he doesn't do it, gets some payment of a single canister of fuel. He then goes and gambles with Lando, and get, that's how he gets his ship, is by gambling with Lando, and he beats Lando at his own game. Yeah, uh, but you didn't mention that like Lando was part of... Oh, Lando was part of... Was they, part of I, rewind. When they went they went and found Lando and got the ship, they got the Millennium Falcon. That's the first time I've said the Millennium do, Falcon. To do, to the, do Kessel the Kessel Run. Run. 
and the issue was that they got him and um he had this ship he gets 20 percent of the take or whatever um he's a big part of it i didn't do donald glover any justice here he did a good job yeah he did a good job i kind of screwed that up kind of what i do on this show though i kind of screw it up all right so anyway uh but he helps out they go back later oh lando left him by the way on the other planet uh stole the ship back and left him there whenever the uh uh whenever Voss showed up can to claim talk, his prize can we talk to droids real quick oh uh we also left off uh the one droid t3 t3 is that her name I guess it's t3. t3 and she uh you need to liberates check, you need to check me it's fine. Uh, she liberates. Uh, she's she. She's a droid. She liberates all of the uh, all these droids from this mining colony, and it's kind of a cool character. Well, you, she kind of plays like a little bit of a. Um, um, she's trying to get equal rights for these droids. She is. Um, what's cool about her, though, is I it, did Lando. There's a setting on her that he he made her free thinking. Is that kind of what it was? Uh, takes off her um, restraining bolt. There's a restraining bolt that they put on these droids, and because droids are very intelligent, but they put this restraining bolt on them, and that keeps uh, L3. 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 Three, L337. And uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is who plays the voice of that. Uh, she gets killed during the uh, when she's uh, helping liberate all these droids in this mining colony. She gets killed, but... Uh, Lando saves her core and implants her into the Millennium Falcon. And now, come to find out, the Millennium Falcon has a mind of its own. And basically, it's because L337 is part of Millennium Falcon. I'm not sure what I think about that. Uh, because now, this, now that it's she's basically just part of this ship, I, maybe that's a good thing for her? I don't know. I digress. Drayden Voss is Paul Bettany's character. He uh, ends up uh, getting double uh, double crossing and then being double crossed by uh, Kiera and Lando. Lando gets double crossed like 14 times in this movie uh, by Lando. Uh, rewind. Han gets double crossed by Lando. Han gets double crossed by Drayden Voss. Han gets double crossed by uh, the Beckett character. Han gets double crossed by Kiera. Han's going to end up being the kind of smug smuggler that we've grown to love in the, in a new hope uh he leaves uh after he gets the millennium falcon um to uh work for uh, a gangster on tatooine you know who that gangster is job of the hut job of the hut uh it would be that gangster so the next movie you see her solo in likely job of the hut um Later on, after after that happens, uh, we have uh, Kiera's character, uh, and she uh, has a video phone uh, talk with drumroll please, brrr, Darth Maul, which Darth Maul timeline wise should be dead if you are watching just the movies, but if you've watched any of the TV shows, Rebels uh, or the Clone Wars TV show, he was brought back to life. So it's a by weird who? thing for them to put him in this movie. By who? Who is he brought back to life? His by? brother, and this other uh, kind of Sith cult thing. It's in the Clone Wars TV show. Very weird though, because if you've not seen any of those TV shows, you wouldn't even know that happened, and you'd be like, "Why is Darth Maul here?" 
I love Darth Maul. He was great in those other movies. So, anyway, let's go on. Let's talk about goods and bads of this movie. What were the goods for you of this movie's Amanda? The guy who played Han Solo, I thought, did a good job. Um, also, maybe my favorite part of it was Lando Calrissian. He, <laughs> you could just tell that Donald Glover studied, like Lando's mannerisms. And, yeah, like that was real good. I love the part where they pay homage to his capes. That's good, like really good. Um, man, the relationship between Chewbacca and Han Solo, they, they made that, like, that's one of my favorite things throughout Star Wars is just those two doing their thing in the galaxy, you know, like you have, I used to always have like all of these like different things, like they can make different stories about Chewie and, and Han and their relationship is so cool. And I felt like they did a really good job with their relationship. I liked, um, I'll tell you my goods, um, I liked the visuals of the uh, cinematography. They used real sets here, folks. They didn't go on a, uh, they didn't go on a soundstage. This isn't the Justice League movie. They didn't go on some soundstage somewhere in L.A. or, uh, yeah. They did go to Pinewood Studios and do some of that stuff. But, I liked that they used actual desert scenes for some things. Uh, they used, obviously, some Ice Mountain looking scenes. Maybe it looked like it. It looked awesome. Um, really cool. Overall, uh, the um, drawbacks for this movie were some of the things that made me scratch my head, like the Kessel Run thing. I, I don't know why that was so anticlimactic. Uh, we've been built up for years to think this should be awesome. Uh, and then it was kind of meh. It was a meh moment for me. Um, I'm not sure that, honestly, from a standpoint of... This the idea that uh, we're in a universe with no Jedi because we're not because we're we're not in a universe with no Jedi because we know about them. However, Han in the, in A New Hope talks about not having. Oh, uh, I've seen a lot of things in this universe, kid, and I've never seen any force that binds it all together. So we're not going to in the next movie. We won't see Darth Maul probably with Han because then that would screw the timeline up to say. Han knew about, you know, uh, the Force and yada, yada, yada. I think. Maybe not. Maybe that's really looking into it too much. There were a couple, like, little plot hole things. The There were some questions. I had a lot of questions about Kira's character, like Amelia, Amelia Clark, because she is obviously some sort of, like, soldier. And, like, that tattoo thing she had on her on her hand what did that mean that was the ring that Paul Bettany's character had and what she's talking about guys is that there's a ring there's a uh, a ring that Kiera has and or no no that Paul Bettany's character Voss has and then there's a brand almost on her arm yeah, I think like that tattooed with this little symbol I think that means that he bought her out of slavery or something I think so I just have questions about like how she got to the position she was at because obviously she can fight and they show that but she's been trained or maybe she's just that gritty where she can fight but she also I feel like it was kind of up and and she was real mysterious with her intentions and you kind of find out 
in the end that you know she's linked it with dark mall darth mall and she just kind of flies away to do his bidding and to and to do more smuggling because she's basically going to serve as maybe his smuggler voss darth mall's who voss worked for is what is what they're alluded to well now they have killed voss paul bettany's character and now they're going to go work for uh a lot of questions uh, we'll work for darth mall there's a lot of questions for me um piecing it all together uh, what I didn't go over was the two guys from the Lego movie, um, Miller and um, – oh, by the way, Clint Howard is in this movie. I love it. Um, uh, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Uh, what are those two guys' names? The, the two uh, – the production people. I, I need to look at this. I really don't know. Um, it started out with the – I'm not going to find it, am I? All right. The two guys that did the Lego movie, uh, they were, uh, oh, Lord and Miller. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. They started out, and then for whatever reason, they had some big creative differences, and then that's when Ron Howard took over. So you got to wonder what that movie would look like, the Han Solo version with uh, Lloyd and Miller on there. Yeah. Anyway, there it is. Um, overall, let's talk about... Uh, we talked about the bads. Let's, let's let's talk about the bads for you. Any bads for you? I mean, not really. I just like I said earlier, I like Star Wars, but I'm not a super fan, so I don't know all the ins and outs of things. So it's hard it's hard for me to be disappointed because of that. Agreed. I agree. Um, I am a I'm a little bit disappointed. Like I said. Some of the tone was kind of there. And I, I guess what we fall into in this now, we know the ending. We know where Han ends up at. So there's no risk in Han dying. That does add some weird things to some of these things. There's no risk in che Chewbacca dying. And we've not built out the rest of this universe enough that he's in, like the current universe he's in, to be worried about too many people because we haven't had much character development for these people. Um, let's talk about recasting. We're going to talk about a segment called Derek Webb Presents Recasting. Um, are there other people that could have played some characters better? Is there a better actor out there for Han Solo? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is the def default. Uh, or my son from the backseat said uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is the default for everyone, isn't he? I think you have to go with a like a like a no-name type character like they did because this person is going to be Harrison Ford. How hard of a job is that too? It would be like um, recast it you know if you go recast Dorothy in Wizard of Oz, uh, you know, 30 years later if they'd done that. It would have been weird, right? Yeah. What about Absolutely. Like, what about Miller just said, what about Vin Diesel? Yeah, our seven-year-old says Vin Diesel. Thanks. Maybe. I um, agree. I am great. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think you kind of have to, I think they did a good job going with someone who is not as well known because let's say they went with, um, oh, what's the one, what's the one broody guy that you're always like, ugh, him again. Um, Miles, 
like Miles Teller. Oh my gosh. Like, like, oh, that Shia LaBeouf clone, Miles Teller. Are right. you kidding me? You think that was possible? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm using him as an example. So let's say that they went with a guy like that. Like the whole time you're thinking, ooh, this is not a good choice. Yeah. But with this other guy, he just kind of out of nowhere. He had a little bit of a look that yeah, made sense. He did. You can tell that he, um, you can tell that he studied Harrison Ford because he, I feel like he kind of nailed the mannerisms that Han would do. You know, like the sly smiles and just the way that he kind of moves and especially his relationship with Chewbacca. So, yes. And, um, he's got a thing for the ladies too. Um, I think Donald Glover, there's probably no one better to play Lando Calrissian than him. Would you agree? I absolutely agree. Um, Michael B. Jordan, maybe, because he plays everybody else. Um, and then, um, and then, uh, let's see, Amelia Clark. You're not. I mean, we don't know who that character really was uh, beforehand. So she's probably the best cut, and she's from Game of Thrones, which is super kicking right now. So that's a good casting. Woody Harrelson. Was he playing Woody Harrelson as Woody Harrelson as Beckett, or did you like Woody Harrelson as Beckett, the smuggler, leader of, the, of Han Solo's smuggler team? I like Woody Harrelson. He gets better with age. Oh, really? Yeah, he does. Um, and then beyond that, Paul Bettany, I'm so glad to have him in the movie. Um, he had some weird facial scarring that I thought was kind of cool looking. I, it, I, it, it made me wonder, like, what, what, why he had that. Yeah, it added to his character, so. Uh, very, very good. So, Solo, go see it in the theater. Um, uh, yeah, yes, we spoiled it, but I'm going to tell you right now, uh, that from a standpoint of, uh, you know, you're going to hear this probably a week after. So if you hadn't seen it in the first week, you're probably not going to go see it anyway. Maybe you are. Maybe you want to know. Maybe you listen to this and you go, I want to go watch it now. Uh, so there it is. Solo. Um, very cool. Um, so let me ask you this. What have you been into lately? Um, Amanda, what have you been into lately? Really nothing. Honestly, I've just been trying to finish school, and it happened just last week, and I finally finished school. Now, she's a teacher, so she's, she, when she's saying finish school, getting those kids out the dough. Yep. So, wrap that up last Monday, and now the world is my oyster. Okay. Uh, speaking of oysters, we are driving towards the ocean currently. Uh, again, starting to get some rain. Uh, this is a live forecast update. Uh, tropical storm um, Alberto uh, impending. We'll see. This may be our impending doom. This uh, Impala sponsored by Chevy to our left may be also our impending doom. Who knows? I, uh, I'm a little worried. I'm literally just on cruise control right now, and I don't know what they're doing. People don't know how to set cruise control, folks. They don't know how to just hit set cruise and let the car do its thing. Maybe they see we're recording over here. Maybe they look to the right and they realize, hey, what's happening in that car over there? Maybe. I don't know. It is kind of odd, I'm sure, as one is driving down the highway to look and see the person who's driving with the microphone in her face. Uh, truckers, whenever we, whenever Scott Bryant and I do uh, Interstate of Mind, we uh, see that a lot out of truckers. Like, they're looking down. They'll look down at us, and you can kind of see them look like, "What the crap's that all about?" Yeah. I gotta get this load to to Tuscaloosa right now. Anyway, 
Uh, so very good. Uh, any shows you're pumped for for the summer? I'll come back to you. The um, biggest thing for me on Netflix, which launched on the 25th of May, was the second season of The Toys That Made Us. Been very excited about that. It's got a Star Trek episode. <coughs> it's got a Transformers episode. Uh, it's got a Lego episode, which uh, Miller and I, my son Miller, seven-year-old, loved. We just loved it. And then it's also got a Hello Kitty episode. Miller, do you want to watch the Hello Kitty episode? No. Okay, he says no. Um, and then also, uh, Funko uh, is a company that makes pop figures, and they have a new documentary that's also on Netflix. I wanted to talk about it. Um, collectibles, little vinyl collectible doll uh, figures. I said dolls and other uh, figures, and uh, there's a whole lot of celebrities that are on there that are uh, they have celebrity versions of those. Uh, are there any new British pudding? that you would like to watch this summer? Anything you've seen that's online? And by British pudding, I mean uh, the Downton Abbeys of the world or the, uh, you know, Poldarks of the world or Outlander. So I just finished, it's not British pudding. It's actually early American pudding called Little Women on, on BBC Masterpiece. Okay. I just finished watching that three-part miniseries and it was excellent. Um... And there's aliens or zombies in that? No. Never? Not, not little, little women meet zombies? Little zombies coming to NBC this fall? Um, there was a zombie... There is a zombie uh, thing that I see... I saw a commercial on Disney for. What was that called? Zombie? It's called Zombies. But it's about high school zombies? I don't know. It looked really low budget. And it kind of surprised me that it was Disney. Um, anything else? Any movies coming out this summer that you're excited about? There's one. There's one, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm excited about that. I'm very pumped for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Really, really love Paul Rudd. One of my favorite things that he's ever done um, on Jimmy Fallon not too long ago, he did a parody of the um, King of Wishful Thinking song that was like made popular by being in the movie Pretty Woman. He and Jimmy Fallon recreated that video, and that video is the most random thing to a T. So if you, friends, want to have some fun, YouTube, King of Wishful Thinking, Paul Rudd, Jimmy Fallon, it is a delight. I, uh, I said this the other day, I love when people uh, can just have fun for fun's sake. They just want to play. I'm, like, I, I'm that way. The only reason that this podcast even exists the show even exists uh it's because i just like to have nonsensical fun your favorite saying is who's ready for some fun who's ready for fun kids who's ready um, for some fun miller really quick uh you said you wanted to see the new incredibles movie what what are your thoughts titans. teen titans animated movie and and incredibles good uh one Fun for fun's sake, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, which you may not be, you know if you listen to this show weekly, I enjoy wrestling. Old school wrestling is fun. Some of the new stuff, but it's not as good. But that's like anything in life, right? Right. Where they always say that. People go, it's not as good as it used to be. Well, that's just something people say because they are very nostalgic like nostalgic about their things well this is a thing that uh we like to watch 
on you can go and watch it on YouTube. It's called Southpaw Regional Wrestling. Uh, watch every episode of that multiple times, and it's just these little short stop son. It's this very short uh, little uh, snippets of this fake wrestling thing that WWE people have put together. Very funny to me. Uh, Miller, who's your favorite character on there? USA, USA, Danny Bandana in the USA. Danny Bandana is played by Daniel Bryan. Um, My favorite character is Chet Cheddarfield. Chet Cheddarfield. He's falling in love. Uh, I've got a, I've got a girlfriend. You know she makes an omelet with three cheeses. And I walk her cat every Saturday. Anyway, I think it's pretty funny. Anyway, check it out. South Paul Region Wrestling. Uh, you can just go on YouTube and watch it. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, that's about it. We have a schedule of summer travel. We're going to Nashville later this summer, non-podcast related. And then we're going uh, back to Destin later on in the summer, non-podcast related. Yeah, maybe hurricane free. I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that. I'm hoping that the weather people are off on what we're driving into here. But if we're if they're not, folks, just know that you got to hear this great piece of audio uh, about Solo, the movie Solo. Um, I am going to tell you here at the end of the show that I there are a lot of parts of Solo that I did enjoy. There are parts of it that I thought could have been better. Um, and really, I ultimately, uh, you're getting to the end of the show realizing that it just, we just kind of did a review of the movie Solo. Was it horrible? There are worse movies out there. For a Star Wars movie, was it horrible? Is it the bottom? There have been 10 feature length um, live action Star Wars movies, Amanda. Did you know that? Um, yeah. Um, we did a list on Sif Pop. That's uh, Aaron Dicer, Andrew Ordensby, and myself. Uh, this past week, uh, we did the Star Wars list, uh, and it ended up Solo ended up at very, very low on that list. Everyone's number one universally. What is the number one Star Wars movie on all three of our lists? A New Hope. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Sorry. Um, and then, uh, so it started at the top, and Solo was the bottom like the second to bottom attack of the clones was lower on the list. And when I started thinking about attack of the clones, I couldn't think of much from that movie. Kind of sad. I just remember the clones in that movie. Yeah. Anyway, what, what's that? Is that a deer? Sign? It's a deer crossing, but he's that, tilted downward. He tilted. It looks weird. Like he's going to drop from the sky. Oh, and he oh he's got a, Rudolph he's got a Rudolph nose That's on the sun. Anyway, so we're driving to Florida. Uh, we're headed uh, through Alabama Phantom, right now. Was the Phantom Menace on the very bottom? It was above, slightly above Solo. Anyway, I digress. Really? Yeah. Uh, so, anything else before we wrap up? Sweet home Alabama. Sweet home Alabama. That's where we are. Let's, uh, we're in Alabama. We're headed to Florida. Uh, let's going to send you out with a Sweet Home Alabama medley. Not a medley. We're going to sing uh, Trio. I'll sing the low part. Miller, you sing the, the harmony. That's not good. And uh, you, oh, you want him to harmonize? That's not, none of that's gonna work for you. Just to, I'll put the mic out. With one, hold on, hold on, Miller. Wait, wait, wait. He's got the vibrato. Happy, uh, happy vacay for you guys. We'll see what happens down here at camp uh, on the beach. That's probably gonna get a lot of rain. So, see you soon. Uh, reach for the stars. Follow your dreams, and remember, you're never too far from home. 
when you're in Alabama. One, two, ready, go. Sweet home Alabama. Oh, Where the skies are so blue. Oh, here we come. A Han Solo. The Horror Movie Podcast is heard weekly on great stations like 88.1 KZ88, South Central Missouri's Public Radio, 104.1 Caps Media in Ventura, California, 103.5 WADR, Janesville, Wisconsin, and 105.5 KFGM, Missoula, Montana, from Missouri to Missoula. The Horror Movie Podcast is available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at the thehorribmoviepodcast.com.